you can tell where the lobbyists are because in there there was like commercial fishermen are exempt until 2023 manicurists are <laughs> exempt until 2022 but it, the bill goes in manicures but the bill goes into effect 2020 like uh mm-hmm. so it's just manicures. so random and weird yeah so we're going to recategorize all of our contractors as manicurists <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to episode 163 of what Player FM rates the number one tech podcast, according to this completely unaltered screenshot of their website with some, I don't know, Sharpie-looking fonts. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me are my good friend, Thomas Rideout. Hello! And John Conkin. You, you, you still got a good laugh out of me. <laughs> you left more the first time. Well, you, you shouldn't have done it twice, that's all I gotta say. Gentlemen, you have to introduce John too. Th- he did. I, I talked did. right over him oh, because I am a professional. Duh. We, we've resorted to uh, sight gags now. That's that's where I'm at with my life. I'm I'm just trying to make people laugh with with trendy current uh, uh, news sight gag. We we have a a client who altered a photo kind of like that, and Eric's like wasn't getting it at first, and then then it all came rushing in. It was a, a picture of Trump standing next to Melania where she's got her arm straight down. And then somebody drew in with Sharpie her hand over to his hand. <laughs> uh, so I figured we needed, we, we needed to be in, uh, yeah, I mean, granted, maybe it is, you know, a journey to an alternative reality. But I'm sure in some reality, we're the number one podcast. Yeah, just an alternate universe, right? Out there. Exactly. Yeah, we're, right? I mean, we're doing great. So, Thomas. Yes, sir. John got a external gpu as well and he has confirmed that rocket league has never been so smooth for him really i'm surprised to even hear you say the the words rocket league <laughs> he bought a he bought a controller just so he could try it i i bought a controller based on a recommendation of who i thought was a friend but uh i i don't i, I have not tried it. Uh, what, i haven't ventured i brought yet. my controller a couple times because when i was using his it kept disconnecting in the middle of the game which is super annoying. A little bit, yeah. Well, that's not how you're supposed to play this game? <laughs> no, not usually. I don't, don't get it, then. But yeah, so we got a... We, we both have a little Steam... I got mine here at the office. Both have little Steam controllers. Now we just have to, have to find a, a, a game worth playing. I mean, like a good one. You know, like a real game worth playing. Does this work with Fortnite? Or Fortnite isn't on Steam, huh? What was no, it? Yeah, PF2 is what I used to. Like, you have to. Well, that's a, it's just a controller. I'm sure it works in things other than Steam. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it does, actually. No? Huh. I'm not a gamer. I don't know. You know, uh, Google released their controller. Yeah, it's you can dumb. buy You can buy a controller for Google's. How can you say it's dumb? It hasn't even, has it even been released yet? Has the, has the platform even been released? It's part of their whole Stadia thing, the streaming service. Right. Stadia. And I actually just... Yeah. Uh, I just got on Epic's streaming streaming service today to try it out because um, I got into the uh, the beta program mm-hmm. load testing stuff. Boy, terrible! Just unplayable. Oh, is Epic going to be on Stadia? Uh, we don't really know yet. Probably not, but it's it'll be hard to figure out. But it's still, it's it's those streaming services. They're just going to be awful. Every single one of them. I was just looking for my phone, and I had it in my pocket. I'm like, why am I sitting at my desk with my phone in my pocket? I'm like, I never do that, right? 
And I remembered, I remember why I've been keeping it in my pocket. Speaking of toys around the office, I got a new toy that came in today. Check this out. Hold on one sec. Oh, it got there today? We got a one wheel. You're kidding me. And I've been learning. You're kidding I've been me. learning how to. How many times have you fallen? <laughs> how many? Wait. I've been learning how to ride. How many it. holes are in our walls? <laughs> This is why I had the phone on me. I'm like, if I fall and break my leg, I'm not going to crawl back to my desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we have, we have an official here. I, mean, I, I guess I will be in the office tomorrow. I wasn't planning on it, but. We have an official one wheel. Oh, this thing is so much fun. Uh, did you get up on it? Yeah, I, I rode around the office. But the thing goes like 20 miles an hour. And, Fucking and, better. And go like 20 miles. So, like, every time we need to go get an Everbowl now, you're just hopping on the the one wheel and you're just starting over you there. You want to know something funny, though? You put it back there, and I'm so, looking at it, and I'm like, why is there a Skype logo on the one wheel? <laughs> just where you placed it. Just getting superimposed on there. Yeah. I was very confused yeah. for a second. It's the same price as a car. I mean, this is the price of a used car. A very small used car, maybe, sure. But they're nowhere near as fun. Dude, it is so much fun. I, I can I can actually stand on it and, and cruise. What's trippy, so there's no remote to it. You, know, you kind of lean forward, you go forward, you lean back, you you, you lean you know, you go straight up and down and it kind of stops and hovers. Not hovers, but just stops. Then if you lean back, you go that becomes forward, right? So it has it has uh, lights, white lights, and red lights. So whatever direction it's going, the white lights go up front, and the red lights go behind you. And so you go back and forth. You know the lights change. That's one of the hardest things to get used to. It's like because like you start leaning forward, and if you feel yourself going too fast, your instinct is to lean back. But then you just start going the <laughs> other direction. <laughs> My instinct is to get nowhere near this thing. That is just what, dangerous. What, what is oh, wrong with you? I can't some, wait. Somebody's going to hurt themselves. I can. I can almost feel yeah. it. I can. I tell you what, man. If they had things like this when I was a kid, oh, forget about it, man. Life would have been awesome. It's uh, this thing is fantastic. Uh, I, what don't you like about it? I mean, it's clearly the purchase of a company that does not cover health care. <laughs> yet yet that, that's an interesting topic we, we may be we may have to revisit that topic i, I was gonna bring it up tonight uh, talk about stressful yeah, Jeez. Wait, so this this is what we have we have the the one will xr See, that's that's the toy that you uh, got this is the toy i got it's all blurry you're all blurry you have nothing but blur still blurry there. nope still still blur Yep. You're using Skype's you, blur. You, you need to turn your blur off. It's a it's a it's a blood pressure monitor. Is what it was. Yes, it is a blood pressure monitor. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just guessing. So I was like trying to make a fun. Hey, you're an old guy. You got a blood pressure monitor. So I was just like, yep. yeah. Yeah. I've got I've got three of them. So yeah, I got I got sick and went to the doctor, and the doctor did my blood pressure and went, "Huh, that can't be right." Uh, that's usually not a good thing. Look, look wait, let me go just for a sec. Let's just go back over here for a sec. Look how much fun <laughs> these people. They're off roading. They're going down the street. They're on the beach. I mean, look how awesome this thing is. This is so awesome. I'm looking forward to it. All right, time, I, going back to no, Thomas. I can't, 
I can't see what could possibly go wrong here. Time to start a whole food plant-based diet there, kiddo. Uh, amazingly <laughs> enough, yes. <laughs> I will be changing my diet. I will be working out in the mornings, and I will be selling one of my children. Well, I, well what, how does that factor into it? Well, stress is supposed to be one of those things that, that raises your blood pressure. Hmm. Kids can be stressful, can't they? Oh, my God. My son turned 17 years old today, and I can't wrap my head around what that means. It means he's 17. <laughs> it means in a, I, in a year he goes to big boy prison. Right. As far as like maturity and responsibility <laughs> and stuff goes, that jump to 17 from 16, I'm like freaking out now. I'm like, oh my God, he's, he's his own problem now. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. I can just tell him it's his problem to deal with. Yeah, let me know how that works out. <laughs> gotten quite good at it actually <laughs> you know you know what day today is guys mm. or php podcast day not just that it's the 256th day of the year which means it's international programmers day no way yes, is it really it is that's the only reason we scheduled to record tonight so i figured so what have you guys been up to what have you been working on what have you been doing oh where do we start we had a meetup last night that's the i PHP. saw that yeah, I I gave the presentation and uh, crashed and burned pretty hard. It, it was it was fun. You didn't exactly burn. I, I crashed. You, just, you limped away from it. it was, this is TDD one hundred and one. Yeah, it, it was practice yeah. for uh, PHP World coming up next month, and I'm so okay. happy I did it. Talked to my wife, and I told her I rated it like a six out of ten, and she goes, "Wow, I thought you did so good because I did the presentation in front of her the night before." I was like, "Yeah, the part I." The beginning part, I, gi- I would probably give an 8 out of 10, and then I went to a live demo, which I'd give like a 2 or 3 out of 10. It was so bad. No, I, I think that live demos are no, going to bite you in the ass demos. every yeah. time. I'm not doing it for, at PHP World. I'm ripping that out of there, for sure. <laughs> I, at, uh, at Wave, I saw a live demo crash and burn in the middle of one of the talks, and that was that's it's rough. Yeah, it it's was. I had, I had written... I just did a, a kata for doing a bowling game or bowling scoring. And mm-hmm. like I had written it a couple different ways prior. And I'm like, it's a live demo. I'll just get in there and I'll start throwing some code together. You know, I can, whatever the, my initial talk takes, I can fill the gap with a live demo and I don't have to finish it. Cause it's a kata. It's just kind of showing pieces of TDD and man, it just, there are parts where I just kind of froze like, not knowing what I should go to next, it, it was bad. yeah. That'll oh, I, I don't, I don't think it was that oh. bad. I, I mean, there, bad. there, there were delays, but I don't think anybody thought you froze. Oh, I definitely froze. It was bad. My my GraphQL presentation was similar, except that I had rehearsed it probably ten times that week, and then it had also been delayed by three months because of inclement weather. Mm-hmm. So I had so much extra time to work on it, and I still locked up in the middle of it at several points. Yeah. And this is one of those things that doesn't need a live demo, so that's, like I said, it's coming out. Now, I've got my tickets for for, for PHP World. I've got everything ready to go. Awesome. So it's going to be a reunion of of the the ugly in Washington. Looking forward to it. (laughs) And since you already know TDD, you don't have to go to my talk. You can go to some other talk. Perfect. 
I will 100% be at your talk. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> I'll have a Nerf gun and I'll shoot you with it every time you freeze up. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I was actually going to bring Eric into it, uh, like have a cue. I had something funny to say and he was supposed to ask me about something on the slide, but I didn't go forward with it. I was going to... Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna be part of the show. I was gonna have something, something in there about me being the world's best programmer with an asterisk there, and you were supposed to ask me what that meant. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, that's me in my mind or something stupid. And I was like, nah, it's too corny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bail <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah, no, it's a good thing you didn't put that in there. And Eric's tough to rely on. You never know if his microphone's working or not. Yeah, that's true. I have, a, I have a tendency to go off script. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know if you would understand the cue. Yeah. No, that that was your cue. You're supposed to talk now. Where are you at? Come on, Eric. (laughs) So, yeah, there was that. That was uh, one of the things. One of the the big topics I got to talk about in it was uh, getting to deal with a SQL injection attack. Mm. That's never fun. Yeah. That was uh, the stressful part of last week. Did we talk about it on last week's show? We did. So... We can yeah, move on. Oh, the other stressful uh, thing. I'm going to cut you off real quick. You had already mentioned it. We may have to be changing our business around a little bit with the uh, the new laws here in California, AB5, reclassifying. Really? Yeah, they're they're reclassifying independent contractors, mostly to target Uber. And, Is it a- AB or EB? AB. I think it's EB, no, right? AB. Assembly AB. Bill 5. The the oh, uh, yeah, so they're doing it to target big companies like Uber and Lyft. They don't want them classifying the drivers as independent contractors. But it, it's such a broad bill, and it's not clear. So we may have employees here soon, whether they want to be employees or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you've got Perot Systems on your side, fighting for. Never employing anybody. Yeah, well, it's already passed the the Senate, and the governor's already expressed support for it, so I'm sure he's going to sign it. Ooh. And it's weird when you start reading the bill, you can tell where the lobbyists are because in there there was like commercial fishermen are exempt until 2023, manicurists <laughs> are exempt until 2022, but it, the bill goes in manicures, but the bill goes into effect 2020. Like, uh, so it's just so random and weird. Yeah. So we're going to recategorize all of our contractors as manicurists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, and you get your toes done once a week. That's nice. That's right. You know, what could be wrong? It's the win-win the way I see it. (laughs) Don't forget the, don't forget the foot massage while you're there. That one actually has me stressed out. We may need to engage some actual legal counsel on that. Yeah. I was that really changes. I was telling my wife about it, and I just felt my stress levels go up. It's just like, no. Nah. What's interesting is that um, one of the things John touched on in his talk yesterday was the fact that doing test-driven development has a tendency to add to timelines, which add to costs and this and that and the other thing. And you know, the reason why we have the business model we have is we, we try to reduce those costs as much as possible. By not having, you know, employees that we have to guarantee salaries and vacations and health insurance too. But one of the, the techniques we're using to kind of help keep our rates as low as we can. And we still 
I mean, just as a matter of fact, just today, found out that we had lost in a proposal, and the specific reason we lost, they they said to us, they're like, hey, you came in higher than you know a lot of the other proposals. And I love John's response to it. It's like, well, for starters, we're trying to be honest with you and give you a, a realistic number of what we think it's going to take to get the work done. We also include tests and, you know, we make sure all of our code is tested. And it's just like, you know, if we have to now jack up our rates because we're going to have employees and we have to have all this other overhead, I don't think we'll ever get another contract. Man. Well, the the part you're talking about in my presentation about doing TDD is TDD is super important. And if you get used to doing it, you won't want to code without it. But at the same time, you have to factor that into when you bid on a contract. So if you are your own business going out to find clients, your your bids may come in higher because you're trying to do the right thing. Make sure you try to convey that to said client. But in a day, they often don't care and they just want, they want to pay as little as they can. Right. And that's what it boils down to. PHP World is, is targeting a lot of the independent contractors as well that want to, to hear that kind of information too, don't they? They target developers in general, not necessarily independent. <clears throat> but... I think it's a good point. Thought, Some, something to yeah, think I thought about. There was a business track. Thomas, you were about to talk about your week. What was going on with you? Well, the interesting thing is today I got my ticket for upgrading to Laravel six. You, you, you got your ticket. Uh, a oh, task. Oh, your right? support the, ticket. The task. The the work order. Let's say you know I, you didn't have to buy a ticket to do that, right, Thomas? <laughs> no. You could just do it. <laughs> uh, what we did buy is a shift. Uh, so we shifted from five eight to six. But I've run into an interesting problem. Do tell. I actually have a similar uh, similar scenario, so I'd like to hear what yours is first. A lot of our packages uh, that we depend on are scoped for the five dot star branch mm. of Laravel, and were abandoned in let's say five four, but still functioned in five eight because they didn't touch anything that got broken, so they just kept working. And mm -hmm. the things that changed in 6 are not very backwards compatible breaking. Right. But the number did break backwards compatibility all over the place for me. Mm -hmm. I, that's, a, that's exactly the problem I had. So I counted up four packages that I have, four, four dependencies that simply state abandoned on the page now on the GitHub page. Mm. And so I was fortunate. Yeah, I'm Mine stuck on some of this stuff. Well, I mean, you can still get, well, no, get just, just take the package. That's what I'm not doing is I'm going to end up forking this over to, uh, our private repo and then dealing with it from there. But why, why, why private? Don't make even it, fork make it to your private. Or I could make it public, you know, I mean, it's already yeah. public to give you what, what happened to me. Very similar story. You know, I, I had, I had gotten a bug in my bonnet. I really wanted the new SDPHP website on vapor before the meetup yesterday. So, uh, last weekend, um, well, going into last weekend, I realized that it also needed to be upgraded. I needed to get it to Laravel six. Uh, the Tailwind CSS that I was using on it needed to be upgraded. So I actually spent the weekend upgrading. Uh, we did a shift in uh, the exact same thing you're talking about because of dependencies within our pack, within our deployment. Um, the shift didn't really take that well. So I, I ended up one by one reinstalling packages to see which ones. The were shift breaking. didn't take well. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't. So, I, so I, 
I, I merged the shift. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, I, I, I read everything. I read everything through the documentation. I'm like, okay, this all looks you know fine and dandy. And I merged the shift and did a composer, uh, composer upgrade. And uh, when I tried to go to the site, just all hell broke loose. Everything was bust, and it was because of the dependency. Um, so the dependencies. Are, are you saying SDPHP doesn't go through CI? I might be saying that. <laughs> it might be a good. Uh, a good talk one day to have, but, um, so yeah, so everything broke, and so I, I spent the weekend, and I came to the same conclusion you came to, Thomas, is there were packages that just really didn't look like they had anything broken in them, they just, the requirements were off. Yeah. Um, some of the packages did have upgrades to them, some didn't. I actually, and I actually got to contribute to an open source project. Uh, if you go to Nova Permission, uh, Nova Permissions, I contributed back to the developer um, where all he needed to do was upgrade his dependencies on Spotty's permissions and he was fine. So I just op- I just updated his composer.json for him and submitted it to him. But I was the same way. I'm, on the, I'm like, oh man, the meetup's this weekend. I'm just going to fork his project and put it in my repo. In worst case scenario, I'll just fall back to my repo and install from there. And fortunately, I was lucky where the next day he just emailed. He said, hey, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And merged my, uh, merged my request. But that, I mean, that's a perfect opportunity. If you're using packages that just need a composer update, a compo- need to have their composer JSON updated, then just do it. Because trust me, if you're using the package and you're on Laravel 6, there's probably a good 100, 200 other people out there in the same boat. Yeah, the issue for me is that I, I tend to want to update the namespaces if I'm going to fork something and start developing it or maintaining it on my own. And that's a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to sit there yeah, with uh, repositories records in my composer JSON that overrides what should be a simple thing to understand. But yeah, I mean, that's my project for tomorrow is taking these four packages and then uh, getting them patched up to six support one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we actually have a package out. I mean, nobody uses it but us. But there's a package out because we use UU, UUIDs so much. We created a package for UUIDs on, and it does some things like on creation. You know, it, it creates a UUID, but if it has a UUID, it just passes it through. And I had to I had to update that package for Laravel six. I was like, damn it, I got to update my own package. Now another thing in six. I'm going to put this in the Discord, too, so you guys can check it out. Is this conversation about Predis? Right. So they replaced the old package they were using for their Redis uh, implementation. Now, that's that's true, but that's not the funny part to me, is if you read this conversation, it's a chain of PRs that take it from an idea into an implementation into a bug-fixing state. Because the first PR for deprecating Red Predis was just saying, hey, here's tagging it as deprecated because it needs to be deprecated because it's not supported anymore. And for, first off, we need to applaud the fact that they even went the route of actually deprecating something and not just ripping it out. Yes, absolutely. So they deprecated it. They said, you can still use this, but the, the new default package is this. Please switch well, over. Well, that was the second like, comment was... Maybe if you're going to deprecate it, it shouldn't be the default driver anymore either. 
So then there was another <laughs> there was a, a change to the pull request to, to remove it from being the default driver. Oh, was was this still the default yes. driver? For yeah. A while? yeah. Oh, I didn't know. And that. then the fourth comment was, "Okay, well, I'll update the docs." And then the fifth comment was, "Hey, Horizon is still using Predis. Do you plan on changing it there too?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was just this. It was this sort of chain of idea to action to realization that it might be a problem somewhere else that I absolutely <laughs> just loved watching. That's, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah, so, so they deprecated it in the framework and all his supporting little uh, applications <laughs> still used it. That's, all right, I can see the humor there. Well, and I, I'll give and it to I started to... I started that six update today, and I noticed that Scout had jumped from four to seven. Right, that that was one of the things I had to update. And I, as well. and I look and uh, I looked at the I look at the docs for Scout, and it says nothing about anything. LinkedIn, uh, it fixed LinkedIn, <laughs> <laughs> and I only know that because I only know that because I I had to uh, go through it and get it. We we have a project we're working on where we had pulled LinkedIn out because it stopped working, and I'm like oh, I'm not worried about it. And then the, then the client specifically asked for LinkedIn. So I'm like, damn it, I got to figure out why that broke now. And then fortunately, yeah, uh, Socialite had had uh, updated to include it. So Scout went from four oh, to seven. There was Scout. no five and six. I'm sorry. No, it went four, five, six, seven. Okay. Since five point eight. And I don't know why or what. I, I have to applaud the work that's being done on the upgrade guides for Laravel and the, the diffs and all that stuff you can get. But the stuff for Horizon and Scout on what's changed is non-existent. You don't get a change log for that stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry, Thomas. You're talking about Scout. I was talking about Socially. So, yeah, apparently apparently they're like just chunking through releases right now and everything. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Potato in Discord also wants to mention the uh, the changes to engine warnings in PHP. Uh, so one of the big new RFCs changes how error exceptions are handled and how severity levels are represented. And it's starting to get really into this strict typing area of things, trying to modify... A, a property of a non-object is currently a warning and the proposed level is an error exception. And it's, the RFC has all these rationales for why things should be handled differently, uh, why these should be warnings instead of notices. You know, array to string conversion, that should be a warning, not a notice, because it should be more severe when you improperly cast something like that. And it's led into this gigantic conversation in PHP internals about what what maintaining PHP even means. And it's titled uh, Changing Fundamental Language Behaviors. I think right now the conversation is, is threaded down to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments. I think it's like 300 comments now. All within the past 13 hours? Yes. And this is, this is just a month after the whole uh, PHP 2.0 thing was proposed. Which was the same can of worms, basically. P- PHP 2.0, what are you talking about? Uh, they were talking P- about... P++? P++? Yeah, yeah, PHP++. P++, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought you were talking about, but I, the 2.0 threw me off. And it, it seems like we can't avoid constantly getting into the same conversation about 
what PHP is. And I think people are getting bored with PHP because we fixed all the performance issues, and now they want to fix everything else that's ever been perceived as an issue. And you kind of can't do that. Not easily, that's for sure. Yeah, this is way too too much to read. That's crazy. Who sits here and goes through all this? I, I tried to keep up for a little bit, but I could not maintain it at all. But it's just, it's seeing... Seeing this level of conflict in the PHP internals community is interesting because it's very much at that boiling point level where you could see someone try to fork PHP and make a big fuss about now it's their thing and they're going to do it the correct way. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen at some point soon. But didn't they already do that with Hack and HHBM? That's a good point. Yeah. And they they never took off. I mean, people raved about them for a while, but... And that had Facebook behind it. Well, but that wasn't the internals, guys. That was hack. That was just Facebook's thing. And they still use it, and it still has its own roadmap that is widely diverged from PHP now. But I wouldn't be surprised to see someone at the higher level in internals actually take ownership of PHP and start doing it their PHP. There's a lot of money in books if you if you're the one to do it. <laughs> so that's that's the big that's the big conflict in uh, in the PHP world right now is is all of that stuff. There is uh, a bit of conflict in the Node world right now. I'm not sure if you guys have followed this at all. Not one bit. There is an npm package called something. It's a long and complicated story. Man. But there's a very, very popular NPM package that started serving ads during NPM install. Oh, Oh, we're back on this story. This is such an old story, man. Did you guys cover this last week? No. No, we didn't cover it because I thought it was, I thought it had pretty much died off. I I didn't, I mean, it's an interesting topic, but yeah, no, let's talk about it if you want to talk about it. The amazing thing is that adding ads. The terminal. What's that? The amazing thing is that it didn't die off. Um, okay. So there's a project called Funding, and this library was used to put the ad for LogRocket into this JavaScript package. Um, the, the package is called Standard, and it's one of the biggest, most popular packages with, what, 200,000 weekly downloads or something? And in response to this... Somebody wrote an ad blocker for the CLI, which is the the inevitable endpoint for everything, is there will be an ad blocker for it. Uh, But not only that, NPM came out and said, we're going to remove any project that has advertisements in in it that's hosted on our system, which really scared a lot of people because the idea that all of a sudden packages could just be removed from NPM and break everything is not good. Especially if they're trying uh, they to do had, it automatically and they're false positives. Right. That and they had, a, they had a problem with this previously that was with something called left pad, mm-hmm. where the package was removed and everyone's NPM broke because it was one of the default includes for everything everywhere. The creator of Standard said, okay, NPM, if you want to pull my ability to make money off of my software development then knock yourselves out, you're totally entitled to, and watch what happens when the community completely rejects you because you've pulled a package 
for totally arbitrary reasons and broke everything. And then NPM came back and said, whoa, 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 buddy, hey, we're sorry. That's not what we meant. We just don't like it. But we won't pull your package because of an advertisement. So what's your, what, what, are, you, what are your opinions on this? And it's not obtrusive. It's, it, it's not. I, I actually haven't seen the ad. I mean, but there is precedence. But uh, even uh, John was talking about how PHP Unit has a Patreon ad. If you if you install a PHP Unit, was it PHP yeah. Unit? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. If you install PHP Unit and you open up uh, your PHP Info page yes. in the browser, yes, it does. There's like a yeah, there's a Patreon ad there. So does XDB. You, you see it, right? You. you oh, maybe see that's it in, what it was. Um, XDB. Oh no, I think it was. I think it was XDebug. Yeah. yeah, I think it was XDebug. And you see it, like, occasionally I'll do a Composer install, and it'll say, thanks for using my package. If you want to support me, here's my Patreon link. I mean, it's not completely uncommon. I, I'm, I've i never seen, like, you know, an ad where, because they place the ad, somehow that's calling home and, and making money for them. But it, I didn't, I, and I never saw what that ad looked like. So, yeah, I mean, <sighs> developers they they need to make money, and how else are they going to do it? Well, yeah, if it's what I'm thinking, this is it's just within a terminal, right? As you do a npm install, right? And they they change the the right. background text or whatever, and just make it stand out a little bit more. There's a ZDNet article, and it just says log rocket. Stop guessing when bugs happen. LogRocket lets you replay what users do on your web app or website, helping you reproduce bugs and fix issues faster. And then it's a link to LogRocket. And they just, totally they just got more anonymous. free advertising from us. I mean, in theory. Good job, I don't know Thomas. if anyone who gets a shout-out from us counts as advertising. Of course it does. You know who does? Our Patreon. That's who gets a shout-out from us and... Uh, we appreciate your support, Patreons. I was thinking that as you're telling this, telling the story, like what what jerks have a Patreon account? Oh yeah, Patreon.com/slash/phpw. What was what was that link again? www.patreon.com/slash/phpugly. And then we want to say thank you to Buttery Compass, David, Frank, Greg, Hans, Boss, John, No Wizard, Sean, Ryan, Jess, Kim, Tony, Matt, Marcus, Jeff. And Shelby, don't forget Shelby. I like what uh, one of the did my part, man. one of the shows I watched. They give a shout out to the top five, and, and they they say it at the beginning of the show. You know, we check it halfway through the show. We'll, we'll we shout out the top five, trying to get people to, to hurry up and get their uh, Patreon in there. <laughs> it's a competition, you know, top five only. Hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to, to get people to, to give you money, I guess. All right, Thomas, I want to change topic. Can I ask? I, I got a question I've been dying to ask. Oh, I've got one for him, too. Ooh. I could go first. I've been politely sitting here quiet. <laughs> go for it. Not I'm back. I, 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 so I'm, I'm, I've been pent up, pent up for like three months not talking to you guys, so I got stuff yeah. to say. <laughs> Good. So first off, I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a there's this thing called uh, deep fakes out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and boy. oh 
my God, I have gotten so addicted to these. There's a YouTube channel out called Control Shift Bates, and I'll put a link to it in, in the show notes. Okay, just, and just for, they for do, reference, when someone calls them deepfakes, it's usually in reference to pornography. So saying you're a huge fan of deepfakes without explaining it much, much further comes off a little weird. Okay, I'm glad you told me that because I do want to get there. Uh, but so right now, or at least my understanding of a deep fake is where you know digital digital enhancement and in, in, in manipulating uh, images have become so advanced that they can you know, put the face of somebody else, somebody completely different on a different person in a video, and because they have so many different. Right, in in a moving video. And audio. So well they don't they don't typically do audio. This week so here, a CEO at a bank was defrauded of two hundred and twenty thousand dollars when someone deep faked his voice, called his assistant, and told them to wire transfer money to an offshore account. Deep faking a voice is just is just impersonating a voice. It was a machine let learning me, let algorithm. Me, let me let me stick let me stick with my for, topic go, go here, go please. Ahead. If you don't huh? mind. So this control shift faith, they have Jim Carrey doing the shiny. It's I, I'm so addicted to, to these videos now. So I sit here and, and every time they, they post a new video, I'm, I'm typically watching it. And they're just so good. Oh, they did they did Tom Cruise and American Psycho. And it's like there's some anom- anomalies that happen. Like you say, wait a minute, something just happened. It doesn't look right. But for the most part, you would honestly look at that and say, Holy crap, Tom Cruise is in American Psycho. And so it's it's interesting that you brought up porn because of course that's where my mind goes. Because I'm thinking the porn industry has got to be looking into it. I cannot comment on very specific parts of that. But yes. I can say that the industry is terrified of the legal ramifications of this technology and is not touching it with a 10-foot pole. Okay, I had a feeling you were going to say that, and I, I was thinking that, yes, maybe that would be misinterpreted. So I was not implying that the porn industry would take, like, an A-list actor and deep-fake their face onto an, a porn star. But what I was thinking is because the porn industry is, you know, there, there's there's something to be said about uh, having a, a lot of options, right? I mean, options. Sure. They're different, different people, different faces. There have got to be people in the world who would be willing to sell their likeness to a porn company as long as they don't have to do the porn. And then you have your, your quote-unquote physical actors no. who do all the naughtiness but you you can change the faces and you have different faces so it's not the same it's not nope. the same actor in 15 movies actors would never go for it to so the actors in my industry their face and beyond that their their makeup is their brand um this is something i haven't mm-hmm. gone into a lot of detail with you guys in the past over but these actresses have a look that in, involves a lot of doing their own makeup for film. So when you think of 
somebody having their makeup done for a movie, you know that it's these layers of caked on thick makeup so that it picks up on the camera differently so that it looks correct on film. You know, it's Tom Cruise is not going on set without makeup even for an action scene. He's always wearing lots of makeup because he has to look exactly the way he wants to present himself. And for actresses in my industry, that's the step before you start filming anything is you figure out what you look like on film and you make sure that you always look that way. So it's a makeup regimen that does not change, or if it does change, it's slowly and over time, but it's their brand. And they, there are no actresses who would willingly give up their brand to have someone else's face put on them. So even one that might not get as many roles? Yeah. I'm sure somebody looking for work. You're you're saying the the company wants so-and-so in the video, but they won't do the actual sex part, but they're willing to license their face. The company would find somebody that would be able to do it. In a, you know. Right? That's how I feel about but it. But didn't this happen with somebody in politics not that long ago? Like, her face was put into a porn. Oh, yeah. faked into it. And I can't remember who it was now, but it's happened where people have done it to maliciously harm candidates or a person's reputation. That's, that's one thing, is that it's not a cheap process. Uh, rendering these machine learning algorithms, you have to have a whole uh, giant GPU array working for a long time to generate these maps that, that the machine learning algorithm uses. Yeah, but that's that that technology is getting cheaper and cheaper by the day, man. I I see YouTuber. Well, there's a goddamn YouTube channel of a guy doing it. Yeah, yeah. This this guy isn't a, isn't a big company. I, I, Corridor Digital or another YouTube channel I follow. Corridor something. Well, Corridor Digital did it, uh, and in in one of their videos where they were doing Tom Cruise, they explained that it cost them two hundred dollars in electricity to do it. Again, all that all that all that can all those costs can go down. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I yeah. think right now it's a flash in the pan thing. I just um, run an extension cord over to my neighbor's house. There's definitely going to be legislation result regarding this kind of stuff. There is a, a Chinese face swapping app that people are getting very upset about because it's very very fast. Because they have it working with a limited set of pre-calculated videos um, from from popular movies. So it's mm-hmm. like one second, and now you're the guy in Titanic. But this, it, there's so many privacy concerns. There are so many security oh, I concerns. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> to the extent that when this became an it's- issue a couple years ago, uh, Jordan Peele released a video of him doing his voice impression of Barack Obama, and then deep faked the. The, voc- the the facial movements onto a video of Obama, and it was a convincing video of Obama giving a speech about deepfakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are big there are big players that are affected by this and that are trying to get it legislated as quick as possible. Um, and fortunately for for people like me who care about privacy rights, it's getting worked into a lot of conversations about facial recognition technology in police and you know, civic enforcement. I, I don't know if that answers a question or if you had a question, but... Uh, no, I asked a question. I, I didn't agree with your answer. I, I agree more with what John said. I think, yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I can totally see this becoming 
a, a thing that people do, but I don't think it's going to go away. Um, I mean, I think this this cat's out of the bag. Yeah, it's going to just get there's, worse. There's no way to. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I totally understand the privacy, legal, security, all those issues, and I'm very curious about how we're going to address that because. I I've just been blown away with how good these deep fake hitting and do you, and how quickly they can be produ- produced. Do you remember the O.J. Simpson trial? I wasn't born yet. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what what you're, I, I remember reading about. One of the things that was in the newspapers very frequently during the O.J. Simpson trial was a picture of him walking in uh, fuzzy ducky slippers because. It was the first time that the idea of a picture being photoshopped had been introduced into court records. Uh, they were saying that he was wearing Bruno Mali shoes, and they had pictures of him wearing Bruno Mali shoes. But his legal team showed that you could photoshop any shoes onto any picture because this new technology allowed you to fake anything, and it's undetectable. I think we're at that same phase or stage again with faking content, where, yeah, the deep fake stuff. It's very convincing for us, but the more prevalent it becomes, the less convincing it will be to just the casual viewer. You'll see it and go, oh, that's fake. That's obviously fake. But that's like, not right. Like, when you saw, if, if you're old enough, when you saw Star Wars for the first time, it was absolutely engaging, right? Everything looked so real. It was, you know, top of the line, top of the line. A special effect, and now you go back and you look at Star Wars, it's like I can't believe I ever fell for this stuff. Like, I can't believe any of this stuff looked real to me. Do you remember Star Wars? I wasn't born yet. I don't even know. St- <laughs> I hate my life. I don't think I've ever watched Star Wars. What is wrong was with that you? The one, was that I'm the one with Captain more Vader? respect for you. Captain Vader, yeah. Or was it was Darth Vader. Darth you know, that was it. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with you not watching Star Wars, but you've got to watch Fight Club. <laughs> Okay, God's I've seen sake. Star Wars. I have definitely not Fight seen Club. Fight Club. Fight Club, Fight Club doesn't that. hold up as well as you you would hope it did. I love Fight Club. What are you talking about? I, I, I love it, it, but the last time I watched it, I went, oh, wow, that's super early 2000s. Maybe, but I still like it. I even know how it ends now, and I still like it. How does it end? I've never seen it. Don't but tell me, because I really, I really once, don't care. So. I've tried it. It just doesn't interest me. I'm a love. I'm a Fight Club. You've tried watching. I'm a Fight lover, Club? not a fighter. Oh. What, what do you want me to say? Deep fake you as my CEO. Just never, just never had an interest in it. Are you guys ready for some doom and gloom? I thought we were done with doom and gloom. I thought we were replacing with PHP and porn, which sucks. Doom and gloom. I woke up the other morning to a notification on my phone that I had won a prize. Congratulations. And simply needed to follow this link. And I got rid of the notification and it popped up again. And so I looked at where this notification was coming from, and it was coming from my calendar app, my Google Calendar. I was being spammed through Google Calendar. Have you guys seen this at all? I have not seen this. It turns out that the default settings in Google Calendar allow anyone to invite you to any event, and whether or not you have accepted the invitation to the event, it adds the event to your calendar. Yeah, that makes sense. So, simply by knowing my email address... They added me to an event that had a link to a virus slash spam thing. And I was suddenly inundated and had no way from my actual mobile device 
to change the setting to hide these things. So you have to go onto Google Calendar on the web and open up your settings, and you have to select uh, do not automatically add. Uh, default guest permissions only show invitations to which I have responded. Boy, what a connivingly shitty way to harass people. Fascinating. The interesting thing to me was this just started this month. This was a thing that's always been an available issue. This is always a problem that people could take advantage of. But it's just someone on September 3rd started doing it. And I'm fascinated the way that these sort of trends flow. Because when I first got the message, if I searched for it, I didn't get anything. But within a couple hours, Krebs on security had issued a blog post showing you how it's happening and why it's happening and how to remove it. Hmm. Well, I have started going through my calendars now to make that change. Yeah, so if you're a listener and you have a Google Calendar, go through and make sure that you're not automatically adding events because when it's connected to your Android phone, it will start harassing you on a minute-by-minute basis. And from your phone, you cannot change the settings you need to change. So there you go. That's my, that's, I mean, I, I wish I had more doom and gloom for you, but that's all I got. I've got way too many Google accounts to go through and make this change. Kind of a pain. If Google would fix their st- stupid crap where you, things don't work with a G Suite account. I know, we gotta, we gotta go through and try to get our calendars working in, because everywhere I read, they're like, oh yeah, no, this works now. I'm like, I, I can't get work. You talking about with like uh, your Google Home right, John, or what? You need to take us, take us out, take us out of the, uh, take us out of the show. You said, you said you had a ton of stuff. Let's, Let's end with one topic from you. Let's I don't go. have a ton of stuff. I have nothing. What what uh what episode is this? I don't even know. Like twenty, right? One sixty three. Well on our way to two hundred. And some would say one hundred and sixty two too many. I, I That's just you that. that says that. Like every episode. <laughs> uh Vapor is live. I know we talked about that. Uh Eric, you've been in the uh the early access for Laravel Vapor. But yesterday, Vapor went public. So you can go to vapor.laravel.com now and do uh, all your Laravel to serverless platform oh, you, stuff. You, you can just sign up for it now? You, you can don't just have to, you don't open have to get signups. What was, what was yeah, the, cool. the issue you I, worked I, through I'm happy with, with DNS? If you do a C name, point to... Right, so... Uh, don't point so, to the vanity URL. <laughs> Point directly to the right. Well, Vapor gives you a vanity URL, so you you have access to everything you deploy without the public necessarily getting to it. But if you want to CNAME it to a URL, you you have to add the configuration to your Vapor YAML file, and then when you do your deployment at the end of the deployment, and this doesn't appear anywhere in the web interface, only during a deployment. At the end of the deployment, it will tell you, it'll give you a CloudFront URL to CNAME with. So you have to CNAME to that CloudFront. What, does and that change between deployments? I don't know what you're... Or is it static? It's, it's, it hasn't changed for us. I, I got to assume it. It has static, to be, but... They haven't used CNAME. The fact that you said you didn't see right. it until you deployed was kind of weird. But I guess you're deploying to the vanity URL for testing. You, get, you finally get your CloudFront, and then you can get everything else set up. Right. I still don't understand why it's done in the interface anywhere. So there's the web interface that has pretty much all your information, as well as it ties directly into uh, Route 53, which is AWS's uh, cloud, uh, AWS's DNS server. 
So the fact that it doesn't automatically create a record there for you, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why that doesn't happen. But yeah, we figured that piece out. That was the the only issue I have right now with it, and, and I'm sure it's our issue. Uh, we got I got to go through the code and probably clean up the code. Is when we store things. So if if you upload an avatar, it stores in S3. And that works fine. And the image is actually accessible through a signed URL. But the image isn't accessible as just a public image. And so I need to I need to go through the code and figure out where where we screwed up with that and fix that. But besides that, uh yeah, it's there there are very few changes I had to make to a code base that wasn't originally targeted for vapor. Uh, it was a code base that we had uh, a couple of developers work on. And I think ultimately I had to change a couple of helper helpers from the URL helper to an asset helper, which is a big thing. So where a developer might've said URL slash images slash avatar slash whatever, that needs to become an asset helper because all your stuff is now stored in S3. Uh, I changed those, and yeah, I mean, there's there wasn't a whole lot of code changes I needed to make to get it work, and it just works really well. I'm I'm very happy with that. I want to deploy. I have uh, another more much more complex app that we're talking to the client about uh, potentially deploying. I really want to get my teeth in that one because that one really addresses a lot of the complexity of of a big application and i i really want to get that one deployed out there and see what it looks like i'm thinking about deploying it anyways just deploying it from my machine out there but i don't know i still kind of feel better if i had the blessing from the client that they're okay with it we did get the blessing from them yeah did we did i miss it did i miss an email or it something? was in the that slack conversation as long as we have a a disaster recovery like because we don't have the experience of a large application in a serverless environment, as long as we can roll back, mm-hmm. deploy an EC2 instance or whatever, they were fine trying it. Oh, I missed that. All right. Well, I'm guessing what I'm doing next. I'll, I'll probably deploy it on our Vapor account. And then once we get the kinks worked out, ask them to sign up for a Vapor account and deploy it on theirs. Oh, I wonder how that works. Oh, wow, that's. I wonder if I can actually have two vapor accounts. Uh, I, I'll have to ask Taylor how I switch between multiple vapor. That would be interesting. But yeah, cool, man. I guess I'm doing that next week. Well, we know what you're going to be talking about next week. Vapor, baby. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to oh, our Patreons. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Eric uh, was was witness to my Laravel headache this week. But we've already shut down oh, the show. Do? We. This is so weird. John keeps talking. It's like we're yeah, so yeah. over time, and John's still talking. Go I ahead, John. My little Laravel uh, application is running on Docker in production, and we could not get it to freaking log out to syslog. We, we, how long did we spend on that? Two hours? You guys were on it for a long time, and, and John even... He rarely engages me with this, with this, this particular client, and he, he even reached out to me because, hey... How do you do this? And I basically told him what they had already been doing. He's like, "No, we're doing that. It's not working." I'm like, "Well, oh, that's weird. I don't know why that wouldn't work." 
God knows why yeah, now. It, it basically came down to Docker was only logging to CloudWatch on standard out, but standard out is tied per process, so standard out for PHP was going to a console or going basically to nowhere. And it took us two hours to figure out that we needed a separate log file going to, it was a single driver going to uh, dev standard out, I guess. And it it took way too long to figure that out. Sounds like you need to write a blog post. It wasn't a Laravel issue, right? It was a Docker. Right. It was understanding, like, the person who set this up, the, the deployments, thought all syslog was going to CloudWatch. So that's where we, we kept spending all this time was getting syslog to work. And it's like, why isn't this working? And he was trying to do it from the command line. And that's finally when we realized something was off. And then just it just kept going down this rabbit hole. And yeah, long story short, if you're trying to do it in Docker, there's your workaround. Fun stuff. All right. Let's let's wrap this thing up. Why did you guys keep this going for so long? I don't even remember now. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 163. Thank you, especially to our Patreons. We we love and appreciate you. I am Tom Rideout. I did five pull-ups in a row today. You know how amazing nice. that is. Uh, see, I'm trying to keep it going. I can't do one. I'm John Congdon. I bet on this whole food plant-based diet you're gonna be on. <laughs> you'll be doing them in no time. I am, as of yet, with no cast, Eric Van Johnson. We'll see how that long that lasts. <laughs> Keep, Keep it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Keep it ugly.